0: Welcome to Dunking Biscuits, providing etiquette for one time. So my name is Grace and with me is Emma. Hi. No pause. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh,
1: amazing. First Thank time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. Whatever. It's every week. Every second week, rather. <laughs> How are you? I am good. Um, I'm sitting on my bed and looking outside and it is a glorious blue sky yeah. day possibly one of the last before we head into winter, <laughs> <laughs> I know. so um, the Washington line, it's just we have windows open, trying to get as much air through the house, so good feelings, good feelings.
0: Yeah, nice. No Yourself? Worries. Yeah, good, same, also looking out my window, um, but yeah, like sad feelings, I go back to work tomorrow. Yeah, it's
1: not ideal. Yeah,
0: yeah, but like otherwise, you're right, it's a gorgeous day, I like an afternoon walk, just gotta focus on the good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but the best thing you can do, really, in general. <laughs> exactly.
0: But do you have a good news story Keep the I, good vibes
1: going? I do. Um, cool. This is a very um, – one that seems obvious, but I bet there's not a lot of it because it would just be such a hard business to get into. But okay. I really love this story. So I got it from the good news underscore movement on Instagram. Nice. Um, to give you an in, uh, insight to how popular – um, this Instagram is. Um, one of the people who liked this particular story was Jennifer Aniston. So, like, oh, <laughs> they, right. must, they must be doing something right because, you know, she's obviously <laughs> some sort of next level um, person to, um, you know, quantify your level of amazingness. So, yes, um, the story, the headline says, All female auto shop run by former engineer has on site salon for customers to get their hair and nails done while they wait. Yeah, nice. I saw this genius like so good so so smart so um i would like to apologize in advance if i say names incorrectly so um i think it says the former dupont engineer uh, patrice banks turned entrepreneur and mechanic took night classes to learn how to fix cars as she dreaded taking her own into the mechanics and being taken advantage of her shop girls auto clinic in philadelphia is now a successful business part of the Part of its success is the fact that um, she hosts monthly sessions teaching other women to repair and maintain cars, and she also opened an adjoining manicure, pedicure, and blowout salon, empowering and helping women feel their best while they get their car needs taken care of. So if you want to follow them on Instagram, the actual business, it's at Girls Auto Clinic and also at Clutch Beauty Bar. And, um, if you click onto it, you can actually see, um, some of the programs they've run for women to learn how to after their own cars, which I think is one of those funny things because obviously it's really good, but also the better you look after your car, the less likely you're going to need to use her service. So it's kind of like she's yeah. really doing it out of the goodness of her heart, um, yeah. that way. So very impressive, um, brilliant idea and, um, Power Tour. Well done. Yeah,
0: 100%. Because I definitely know the feeling. I know nothing about cars. Mine is red. That's it. Um, oh, mine's red. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's winning. Um, but yeah, and like hate when it comes up to like service time every year because like I know I have to go get my car service, but I'm just like, what are they, what are they going to say is wrong with my car now? Like, yeah. what's up with it? So I just like, I know the dread that she's like talking about when you like go get your car like looked at and people just take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. So... Hell yes. Yeah. Um one of my sisters actually, she um was a trained mechanic. She's not working as one anymore, mm-hmm. but she did like her apprenticeship when she was younger and like worked as a diesel mechanic for like years. Amazing. Yeah. I used to think that was like so cool. I was like, Oh
1: my god, get it, girl. Yeah. So you can't use her, like she can't look after your car. She or... lives
0: like up near um, Wang, like Wanger. Yeah, a bit too far.
1: So Nah. It's a bit of a mission to drive a maybe needed service car yeah. to get it service. Exactly. <laughs> but um,
0: I mean, could be a handy resource just if I live that little bit closer. Yes, of course.
1: But yeah, brilliant. I'm yeah, all for this. Yeah, super cool. So, Grace, what would be your weekly win this week?
0: My weekly win this one is a good one, I reckon. Sometimes, as I was just telling you, it's really hard to think of one because he's like, I didn't really do anything, I just had a week. <laughs> yeah. But this week, I like reconnected with an old friend from uni um, oh, nice. and it makes me feel old that I can say now, old friend from uni. Mm-hmm. Ew. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we lived on campus together for the first year. We lived like two doors down from each other and then during second year, we like stayed friends but then just because We were studying different degrees, like we didn't go to uni at the same time, we just kind of like drifted apart, like nothing happened. We just mm-hmm. it just happened, yeah. Um, and then she ended up moving to Geelong with her partner, um, because he was went to go study there, mm-hmm. and yeah, we just like lost touch. It was like super sad, but it happens, yeah. Um, but anyway, like randomly, I want to say like late Feb, she messaged me and was just like, Hey, what are you up to? You know, if you've ever got like time, come and like come for like afternoon tea or whatever, and um, come visit me. I was like, Yeah, sweet. So we, like, booked in a day, like, late March. Mm-hmm. And then she messaged me a few days before being, like, I've got COVID. And I was, like, oh, okay. Cool. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, so then we, like, postponed for another day, which was, like, the weekend just gone. Um, and, like, on Friday – no, on Thursday she messaged me. Like, oh, you know, you still, like, came this week. And I was, like, yeah, yeah, cool. Um, Yeah, I'll be there in the afternoon. And then, like, on Friday and Saturday I just, like, had this dread. I was, like, what am I – I haven't seen her in, like, six years. Like mm-hmm. – oh like really I was like just dreading going I was like what are we going to talk about what if we're completely different people now and I just like like Jack came with me and just in the car I was like Jack what are we doing oh why didn't I just lie and say we're busy <laughs> like really awful things yeah um but then we got there firstly we pulled up at like her drive like we parked across the road from her house and like this old lady came out of the house it was if you parked there I won't be able to get my car out of my driveway and I was like we are very clear of your driveway. And yeah. it's like, that's like such a small town thing to do. Like you can't park there. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So we like moved up, like moved the car mm-hmm. and like came back in. And Sarah was like, we just saw you pull up and then leave. And like told her the story about what happened with her neighbor. And she's like, Oh yeah, she does that all the time. It's super weird. <laughs> she never drives anywhere either though. Like her car is always there. <laughs> and I'm like, that's what I said would happen. Anyway. Yeah. But like, we were there for like five hours just like chatting oh, wow. and it was like, no time had passed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, Like, got in the car, like, driving home. I was like, we need to come to Geelong more often. Like, that was super fun. So I was like, yeah, it was just, like, really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, like, all the dread. Like, I was just being silly. And we just, like, had a really chill time, like, caught up on lots of things. And, yeah, it was just a good time. So that was my win this week.
1: That's such a good win. I think... Yeah. um, Obviously, there's a risk that people have changed. But I feel like if you sort of knew someone in their, like, late 20s, the core of them haven't changed. Yes, they may have yeah. matured or, you know. Yes, grown whatever. up a bit. Um, grown up a bit. But I would say the core of their personality is pretty structured.
0: Yeah. Yeah, unless yeah I would definitely unless
1: I would say, asterisk, unless something traumatic has happened. Um, but yeah, the, the core yeah. of them is the same.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, we were obviously friends for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, it was just really nice. Had a good time. Yeah. She made, like, a cob loaf, and I'm a sucker for a cob loaf. Oh, it was so good. I ate um, so much cheese. Yeah.
1: Just like bread and cheese. I mean, what could possibly yeah. go wrong? <laughs> no. Nothing.
0: Um, some people's worst nightmare. My best one. <laughs> um anyway, how about you? What's your weekly win? What have you done?
1: Um, weirdly, um, I caught up with our friends. <laughs> Grace was unable to attend but um we uh, caught up and it was one of those really surreal moments because we hadn't all been together for a very long time and yeah it was not for lack of trying but also the other part was that it was also really weird to see each other in person only because all our children were there and yeah. it sounded very bizarre but we actually got photos of all our kids together and we're like how is there this many children yeah <laughs> in this small amount of time in <laughs> and Um, that was not all, like, that was not all the, um, babies either. Like, there wasn't, one of the babies was in the photo. Um, I'm obviously pregnant. One of our other friends is pregnant. So, like, it just, it was just a very weird, like, um, snapshot in time of, like, how long has it been since we've all seen each other? And, um. Yeah. So, I think the last time we saw each other was in November, December last year at Ada's, um. Birthday, yeah, I wasn't there either. Yeah, I missed that one. So, like, um, and that was like a second attempt to at do birthday because her birthday is actually in August, <laughs> so they like yeah. actually did it a little bit later because of COVID stuff. So, um, yeah, that's the last time that we all, um, I guess all the kids yeah, saw so each other, months ago. so yeah, so it was quite some time, and then, um, it was just good to catch up and chat, and um, but I always find it super, um, Interesting is a white like mums tend to just talk about mum stuff, and I'm like, well, it's
0: the same. Like you yeah. put a pair, like a group of teachers in a room, yeah, we're gonna talk teacher things, yeah. like, and it's like, just, yeah, kind of naturally what happens. And
1: we have many things in common, and yeah, like, it just it just seems so funny that all like literally all we talked about was our children, and yeah, um, babies and stuff. And it's like, you know, that's all well and good, but I'd like to talk about other things as well. Yeah. And and um, I being like the most pregnant person there, they was asking me lots of questions <laughs> and I was sort of like I just don't want to talk about it any longer. Like I just Yeah. <laughs> which I know sounds very, like you've all been through it, yeah. Sure, you know. We understand. Um and so I um like I really enjoyed seeing them and being around them because I feel like we have a we have a chat chain that we talk on, but it wasn't it's all very surfacey stuff I guess. Well, we did get to have some good, like, deep chats um, there. Yeah, nice. And classic, um, you know, platter and cups of tea and stuff like that. So, like, it was just nice to sort of be out of the house, be somewhere else, and just relax there, I guess. Because normally if you meet up with a bunch of mums, you might meet up at a park, and it's just like, there's actually no point meeting up because you're just chasing each other's kids around. So it was really, really good. (laughs) So I'm really happy that I went, really happy that we were able to um have that time together and yes yeah, so that that would be my, my win this week. Yeah
0: win a very social win on both of our yeah. events. Good job us.
1: Well done. <laughs> Woo. This week we want to put a little disclaimer at the front of this part of the episode. So if you have some little ears that are listening, um just to give you a heads up, we are to be talking about sexual health, um in particular protection this week and Um, We just want to make sure that you're aware of that so when uh, you are listening, you can prepare yourself to either change to a different podcast (laughs) for this week um, or uh, maybe have a different conversation before you listen to this one or listen to this episode first and then see if it's um, all good for a little ears. Yeah. So, uh, in saying that...
0: (laughs) Um, Let's get to
1: it. So, we're doing three parts on this one. Um, we'll be interrupted next week on our 90th episode. 90th. Which is Huge. Wild. And um, so, we'll have three episodes, and this week we're going to talk about protection. So, um, in a nutshell, I'm not going to go like all scientific cause I feel like it's not like I want to be more casual about this conversation rather than being like, all, yeah. Fats and do statistics. This, do that. Although I'm yeah. gonna throw some in because like the, the some of the statistics are crazy. Um and so basically sexual health is the um all the five dimensions of health related to sexual health. So if you um so if you got you got spiritual, you got intellectual, emotional, social, um, physical and mental. Um some of those are combined. I know I just can't like list off six, but they do interlock, so they all relate to sexual health and how um a person's sexuality is represented. So we are talking about protection, and there's sort of two strands you can go across, and you've got um a sexual health strand, and then you have a pregnancy strand strand. So um. We are going to talk about both today. Well, I'm going to talk about both. (laughs) Grace is going to chip in as well. Um, I'm here. And I'm going to focus um, a bit on STIs first and then sort of loop back around to um, protection against pregnancy.
0: Yeah. So, just before you jump in, yeah. sorry, it's sort of a really funny story, because I feel like right Please. now we're very much in your wheelhouse, like yes. you are a health teacher. Um, so it's really exciting. After we do this series, we're going to do a three-part series on maths, so <laughs> okay. can't wait for that one. Everybody get a um, board. <laughs> but, but no, um, on my first teaching placement at a high school, um, we were just supposed to do observations, like mm-hmm. just sit there and watch a teacher work. Um, and so I didn't get placed with a maths teacher, you just get placed with whatever teacher it you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I got placed with a food tech and health teacher. So right in my area of expertise, mm-hmm. I got to cook a green chicken curry, delicious. Yep. Um, and then at the time I was there, the teacher was doing in their year eight health class, I think it was, like their topic was sexual health at mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. And um, they had just done like the classic condom on a banana lesson. And they were up to talking about like STIs and STDs and like the differences, what are they and so on. Yeah. And the teacher's like... Do you want to teach this class? Like you know, like you plan all the resources, you organise so Do you want to teach it? And I was like, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. the first class I ever actually taught was on STIs and STDs.
1: Well, you can you can take it away if you want. Like go for
0: it. <laughs> I mean, it was in twenty thirteen. So oh my god, that's only really ten years ago. <laughs> Ew. Um, <laughs> So I'm not sure how much I remember, so I'm happy for you to okay. still leave the charge in this that's one, fine. Funny story. That's fine.
1: I think that's brilliant that your first lesson was that, because it's probably one of the more challenging things to yeah. educate, because one, you need to be very specific, but also um, informative to a teenage like teenager, who yeah. is most likely to need to know this information in the next couple of years. So like you have yep. to be um, really mindful about your wording and everything. So um, I'm going to explain STI. So STI, sexual transmitted infection. Um, they actually change it from diseases because it's not really a disease. It's actually infecting the body. And um, it's actually broken down to three different categories. So we have bacterial, we have viral, and we have my least favorite or most entertaining wildlife which kids always find hilarious
0: (laughs) yes i knew that there was bacterial and viral obviously the syllabus has changed wildlife has been thrown in there since 2013
1: so um to sort of give you a nutshell education um bacterial or bacteria sti is something like if you think like chlamydia and like gonorrhea and stuff and it just means that um you can have antibiotics so they can leave they yeah are removable. They're not forever. Yes. uh yes viral i like to explain to the kids means forever <laughs> and they're like what do you mean i'm like once it's part of your body it never leaves like it's just there. Yeah. it may not be presenting the whole time but it is part of your body now do you and ever
0: like connect that to being like viral on the internet like once it's on the internet it's there forever
1: (laughs) I mean I can now thank you that's a great teaching point you're welcome I'll put it in there um (laughs) and then that's such things like as herpes and then we have wildlife um and um and I explained that you can get rid of it but obviously um it's not as simple as taking a pill and yeah um, I guess the simplest one is crabs is the That's what I thought. I yeah. was
0: like, Wildlife well, could go many places, but as soon as you said you can get rid of it, I was like, Oh crabs.
1: Yes. So <laughs> all good stuff so far. So those are three categories and um basically the only one that is viral that you can be protected against is human pa- virus, I always pronounce that wrong apologies, <laughs> um, because there's a vaccine to yeah. that um, it was actually made by an Australian doctor and I always forget his name and it's terrible and every time I teach this subject I write it down because I still cannot remember his name um, he actually remortgaged his house to get the funds to m- do the research for this um, he won an Australian award of the year and he um, Anyway, so, and that's been around for a long time. So, I think I got my first dose in two thousand and trying to it, seven.
0: Yeah, I think I definitely got it in high school.
1: Yeah, so, um, and um, now it's given at year eight level. So, yep. part of the vaccines in Australian schools. So, really, really fortunate that that's there because now we can be vaccinated against that particular um, yeah. virus. So um, hopefully that gives you an insight to what an STI is. And I don't want to go into too much detail about all of it because... All the different ones. There, uh, so, so many.
0: That's a three-part so, series in itself.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, in an Australian's lifetime, so a lifetime of Australian, 16% of Australians, will have a STI at some point in their lives. I honestly would have thought that was higher. Yeah, and it's uh, about 4 million people Hmm. out of, is it like 20? 27, 28. Yeah, yeah, million people that we have. So um, not too bad, percentage-wise, obviously. Um, But interesting, just an interesting fact. Um, If you're under the age of 30... You are much like more likely to get um, the top two, which is chlamydia and um, gonorrhea in Australia. That's against Australian statistics, and yeah, um, yeah so that's just um, the main thing with those two is that they don't actually present. There's no mm. there's no like symptoms or anything like that, and they can cause infertility and other. Um, challenges, so it's really important that you get tested regularly, which we're going to talk about next um, yeah. part of our sexual health series. So, do you have any questions, or is there any of that you want to add to?
0: No, not at the top of my head. Um, mm-hmm. I like have heard the fact that those um, two particular STD, uh, STIs don't mm-hmm. present with symptoms. They can, but yes. more often than not, they don't, and that bit's actually like probably like the scariest bit for yes. a lot of people is like you might not have, not have any idea mm-hmm. and it's same things uh, same thing with many viral ones as well as they just kind of like sit there doing things to your insides and you have no idea that it's happening yeah. while it does uh,
1: well we talked we um at school I talk about how it's like dormant like you think yeah like a, volcano, like a volcano yeah yeah and like you actually don't no, and then at one maybe at some point it erupts but really it might not ever erupt but but it's done yeah. damage enough underneath so yeah um i think a lot of movies a lot of tv series have made light of stis and yes. um haven't really talked about the severity of it and i think obviously the age that grace and i are as well may affect this because um, we did not grow up in the the AIDS scare era, which was more in the 80s Um, and so those, like the ones that we were talking about before about chlamydia and gonorrhea, they're still bad but obviously not as severe and life-threatening as um, age or HIV. So that's, I just want to make sure that's sort of like a blanket understanding of yeah um STIs in general so I'm um, gonna go to protection of STIs which also has a little asterisks and pregnancy um, and we talk <laughs> about condoms so um, basically condoms is our condom is a latex coverage that goes over the penis and there are many different types do not let anyone ever tell you that they can't find one that fits because that is impossible
0: Yeah, they have them for all sizes.
1: Yeah, everything. So um, my first question to you, Grace, before I give you some more stats because, you know, who wouldn't love some more statistics? Um, (laughs) Who is responsible?
0: Anyone, both parties.
1: Yep. And would you say that um, the, not so much the conversation, but more of, like, the expectation, is it leaning on someone particular?
0: Oh, for sure. I definitely think the expectation, like, still today, leans on um, the male to bring the condom. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, like, the general perception of that, oh, you're the one who has to wear it, mm-hmm. so you're the one who has to bring it. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, to some degree, I, I sort of understand. I, like, yeah. I don't expect a man to rock up to my house with a strip of birth control pills. Yeah, would um, be kind of weird, actually, if he did. <laughs> but, yeah, but I definitely think um, that that still has that expectation that they bring it, um, which... But then also it's definitely shifting. Um I have a friend in one of my friendship groups and she's very like go co- like literally she'll come out to us like if we're going out we know we're gonna have a big night. She'll bring like, you know, six to eight condoms and just hand a few out to each of us. She's like, you never know. Mm-hmm. And it's not like the implication of like you're gonna get some tonight. It's more like you're yeah, in case it happens, you'll yeah. be covered. Yeah. So yeah, so it's definitely shifting, like at least among people I know, but mm-hmm. there is always is that perception.
1: Yeah. I think, I think the the one thing that I would say is that, um, condoms obviously would be more likely to be a male responsibility because they know their penis as well. And they, true. they would know what condom would suit them best. Yeah. Um, and I would say obviously depending on size, girth, all that kind of stuff, like there's different condoms going to suit different things. And you just have a regular condom as a woman. Yes. We're talking mainly about male-female sexual relationships. Yeah. Apologies. Um, I just think it's easier if the male has the right condom for them. Yeah. I'm not saying it's better. I'm not saying it's expected. I just think it's easier. Um,
0: Especially if you are someone who strays from the norm. Yes. Like, you know, if, like, normal ones don't work for
1: you... Exactly. ...then
0: I definitely think that expectation should fall on you.
1: Yeah. And also, if you are someone who um has maybe an allergy to latex.
0: I was just yeah, that just popped into my mind, like if you're a female and you're allergic to latex, definitely your responsibility to have some as a backup. Mm-hmm. Maybe have some variety. Yeah. In case. Like yep. you're not just having the one same sexual partner.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Um some statistics. <laughs> um in Australia, um those under the age of thirty, so most of my statistics are under the age of thirty, apologies. Um, uh, Mainly because that's the people who are having the most sex. Um, I love that this statistic says 69% don't use condoms with regular partners. So if you have a regular partner, they actually don't use condoms at all. Um, That's 69%. And 24% don't use them for casual partners.
0: That one blows my
1: mind. So it still means that there's a lot using them. Yeah. Yeah. But are you not using anything like I'm just un- <laughs> yeah it makes me uncomfortably <laughs> like it just yeah like panic a little bit um just yeah what, especially
0: why? like nowadays like say 50 years ago you were under 30 you were probably already like locked down mm-hmm. married probably already had like three kids yeah like Um, by the age I am now, my mum had already had both me and my sister, which is wild. Mm -hmm. So, but like now like shift forward, like people are getting married later. They're having kind of like, I would assume more sexual partners than like previous generations. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's 24%. Like it's not huge. It's only a quarter of the population, but it's still a quarter of the population who are just kind of throwing caution to the wind.
1: And yes, there are other things you can use. I'm not saying yes. that that is true it's just saying condoms but i would say that the majority of the, the main population would only know about condoms
0: and also condoms are the like number one for protecting against any um stis mm-hmm. so a lot of things can protect against pregnancy
1: mm-hmm.
0: but not a lot of them or yeah most of them don't protect against stis
1: yeah so which like yeah yeah uh, wild i just it I'm just I just don't know why <laughs> just I just I just don't understand I think is my point I'm yeah like, why would you risk such a situation and the one thing that we do try and educate um, in schools is that it only takes one encounter one yeah that's it. Um, physical contact um, and you could have something for your whole life and the person that you may be with may not know that they have it either do you know what I mean? So, like... Yeah. It's not just their... It's not their fault. It's also... It's both people's responsibility. And we will talk about that um, in the next um, part. But I just... It just makes me a bit sad that um, you wouldn't use them for, a, like, a casual... Or, like, if you want to use the other, like, a term, like, a one-night stand. I just was like... just makes me... <laughs> yeah. So uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so... Condoms aside, obviously we Grace just mentioned about them being um, the number one item used for STI and also pregnancy, so they're a double um, yeah. protection. Um, I want to talk about the morning after pill. Ooh, yeah, so, that was one on the top of my list that yeah, I thought of. So, the morning after pill, I think it's one of those things that has a really interesting, interesting um, reputation. <laughs> mm. People just assume if you have this, all your problems are solved. Yeah, no. no sorry. Um, no, no. For those who don't understand how the morning after pill works, the morning after pill stops eggs being released. So if your egg has already left and is traveling down the fallopian tube, that pill does nothing.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Nothing, because that's not its job. Its job's not to destroy the egg. It's to stop you releasing. Yeah, it's like to put a blocker. Yes. So yeah. when people take it, if you have already released your egg, so if you know your, if the woman knows her cycle, it's just a waste of money.
0: Wow! Oh my god, I didn't know that. Okay, I'm more scared now.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> that's why some people are like, oh, they took the morning after pill, and you know, and they still. Um, she was still pregnant, or etc. You're like, yeah, yes, because it doesn't stop. Like, it doesn't destroy the egg, doesn't destroy anything. Yeah, it just it stops actual release of the egg.
0: Can I ask a silly question? Please. Um, oh, maybe
1: not a silly question. No mm-hmm. such thing as a silly question. No.
0: But is the egg released during the ovulation time of your cycle? No. No. Can you so, explain to? You?
1: <laughs> so, um depending on where you grow up depending on it depends on what they actually cause it certain phases so when um you uh day 14 so the egg is released day 14 you're the most fertile yeah right on a 28 day cycle yeah then the egg is implanted into your wall of the uterus which is your endometrium and then that wall for whatever nice word shreds that's why it hurts and then that's when you get your period so, um, before the egg reaches and implants into the wall, it needs to be fertilized. Yeah. So if you have just had your period, the egg hasn't been released yet because the body hormone hasn't started its cycle yep. yet. Um, it will be maturing. The egg will be maturing and then it leaves, um, the ovaries, right? So, um, basically as soon as you've had your period, to maybe two or three days, four days after, um, is less likely to fall pregnant.
0: Yeah. Okay. Right. If
1: you were to do a calendar method, I guess is the yeah um, term that way. Yeah. But um, yeah, so any time from day seven to day twenty, because you don't know how fast your egg travels or how yeah like depending on your cycle or how many days your cycle is, can you can fall pregnant. So. Okay. I don't know if that did I answer your questions that way. Yeah, no, that
0: definitely makes yeah. a bit more sense. Thank yeah. you. You're a
1: great health teacher. <laughs> well, I just I try. <laughs> and the thing is, that there's no point in me going to like details about specifics, all the specifics. It it's just more about the facts that you need to know. And that's what we'll say yeah. at the start. Like, I could go into a lot of detail and be very specific, very specific rather, yeah. about everything. But really, unless I have, you know, a, a diagram to go through, like verbally, yeah. you just need to know the facts, and the facts are, are these. So. If you were to um, be in a situation where you need the morning after pill and you know that you've already ovulated um, and you're a bit panicky, it's unfortunate, but you there's not much you can do at that stage, but wait. Yeah. And I know yeah. that's like the worst thing you could possibly hear, but I just feel like I don't want you to just assume that you've taken the pill and it's worked. Yeah, so
0: well as you're saying, yeah, sometimes yeah. it just won't, unfortunately. Well it's not
1: that's not its pur- its purpose is not to destroy the egg so it can't be fertilised. Yeah. So, um I just wanted to make sure that was really clear because I feel yeah. that's a really strong misconception of what its role is. Yeah, <laughs> no, that definitely clears it up. Yeah. For sure. So the pill in general, um, you basically are stopping the egg being released. Um, yeah. And you still can have a period, um, but there um, is no egg. That yeah. makes sense. So you still, yeah. the lining of your uterus still feels, um, and then it still sheds, but there's no egg that does that part. Yeah. In a nutshell. Cool. But again, not going into like... We're just like, nutshelling yeah. it today. So those, those are the things that I want to cover today because yeah. I feel like it's enough information that you are prepared but also if you need more information yes the internet is a scary place and yes if you start giggling (laughs) things it is wild um but most governments have um a government health site that you can read up on a lot of this stuff yeah that's true and also go talk to your doctor there's actually lots of sexual health clinics go talk to someone it's not a shameful situation it's not a shameful subject um and if you weren't educated Um, at school about this it's it's to look after yourself and your health so yeah um I just think it's a really um I can understand why it could be uncomfortable why it could be embarrassing but it's a like something that's really important in my opinion to have a thorough understanding
0: and I'm sure many people's opinions as well
1: yeah even, um, if, so even, even if you're not a, a highly sexually active person, like it's yeah. good to know because so if, if someone, someone asks you one. something, you could also help them as well.
0: Yeah. yeah sorry to interrupt um, you. No, no, that's okay. A great point. Um, one thing I had noted down was if it's someone you're sleeping with for the first time or the 20th time or the however many time, mm-hmm. um, you both need to be on the same page about what protection you're using. So whether it's a condom, whether you're using your birth control pill, you have the rod in your arm or an IUD, or anything like that, mm-hmm. both parties need to be like, at minimum 100% comfortable with what you're doing. Yeah. Otherwise, there needs to be further discussion. So that mm-hmm. was something I thought was really important is like, um, just making sure that everyone's clear on what's happening, what's being used and mm-hmm. so on. And then like if, if any point that changes that needs to be a discussion as well.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Mm. And I think also, um this again, I know I keep um, hinting to next <laughs> episode. But um knowing someone's sexual health is not yeah it should not be seen as something that's embarrassing or shameful. It should just be a matter of fact situation. Which is I understand why it's not, but um if you're going to be doing this type of things with um a new person you should know yeah so you can make a good um, choice or, and they can make yeah. a good choice and all that of stuff
0: like I was watching an episode of Sex and the City mm-hmm. yesterday I've been watching so much lately um, and Samantha was just about to start sleeping with this new guy and he was like no no like we're going to have the best sex ever it's going to be amazing you just need to go get tested first before we do that mm-hmm. and she was kind of a bit like What do you mean? Like I'm perfectly healthy, and he was like very strict, like no, 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 like it's fine. As soon as you've got the all clear, we're going at it. Mm -hmm. But this just needs to be done, and I think that's something like in that episode, like Samantha was and like shown to be like the silly one because everyone else was just like, yeah, just go get tested. Yeah, it's like a not a big deal. Just go do it. Yeah, and I think like that was like even though this was like two thousand two or whatever. Yeah, like it was still like a good thing. Like even back then, just to be like, yeah, off your pop. Yeah, like not a big deal. And I think as well, like if you're someone who like has gotten into like a serious relationship and you might start like as you said like 69% of couples here <laughs> yeah um <laughs> don't rely on condoms they might use other contraception methods yeah and i think like that's something like if you're going to take that step then it needs to be uh all right then like let's both make appointments let's and go both, get tested and an
1: open conversation yeah. not like i'm doing this so you should do this you have to as well it's yeah. it's more of a conversation of what's going to be best for both people and um, I think that's a better way of discussing it.
0: Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, definitely, everyone needs to be on the same page, yeah. not like not just reading the same book, the exact same page about what's happening. Yeah. yeah. As mentioned, we are keeping this like super super nutshelly today. Um, we're not going into too much detail. Emma does this for her nine to five, so we could probably have like a whole ten week series on this if we wanted to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're not going to do that. No. And um, we are just keeping it to a super minimum. So if you have any questions, as Emma said, have a chat to your doctor, have a chat to people around you, have a chat to your partner, whomever. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, but I think that wraps up part one of our sexual health series. Yeah. Well done. Perfect. Thanks for listening. All
1: right. Well, see you next week for our 90th episode. 90th episode.
0: (laughs) That feels wild. Like Like we're so close to 100. I know. I was going to say, like, we should, like, go out for dinner and celebrate when we hit 100, but you're going to be in super, super mum mode by right then. <laughs> I'll be, like, <laughs> like not functioning. <laughs> yeah. Jeff and I will go
1: out. <laughs> yeah. we, could, we could do a um, – you could come over for a cup of tea and I'll be, like, you need to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Thanks like, for visiting. You, you need to go. See you later. <laughs>
0: yeah. But anyway, if you're not already, follow us on social media, Dunking Biscuits Podcast on Instagram. Tell anyone who you think might – like what we chat about to listen to us. We're on all the things in which you can listen to us. And otherwise, have a great week. Yeah. And see you, hear you speak to you next time.
1: <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Thanks. I'm really good at this. <laughs> Bye. I <Bring> on 90. <laughs> Bye.